Welcome to the Becoming Witchy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly of Bramble and Brimstone. Join me as we discuss practical witchcraft, share witchy tips, aha moments, tools, and resources that have helped us on our way, and as we discuss how magic shows up in our everyday. This podcast is here to encourage and support you on your own witchy way. Welcome to episode 31 of the Becoming Witchy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Today we are talking about cleaning magic. You know that I love to find magic in the mundane, and today we are really reaching into that idea with this episode about cleaning magic, both physical and energetic cleaning. I've shared a couple recipes for magical cleaning solutions that I make, and this is something that I love doing, and it has really changed cleaning for me and helped me make it more intentional. And I don't exclusively use homemade cleaning products. I still use commercial cleaners for some things, but there are ways to infuse your commercial cleaners with magic too to make it just a little more magical. So we'll talk about that too. We're also going to talk about space clearing and energetic clearing and different ways to do that. I think space clearing and energetic clearing or cleaning is something that seems more fun and magical than regular daily task cleaning. But regular cleaning can feel just as magical too when you bring the same witchcraft concepts into it. Right now, we are coming out of winter and entering into spring, which is why we're talking about cleaning, spring cleaning. But first, as always, we're going to talk about what's going on in the garden this season. Welcome to the seasonal corner. It's mid-February, and after a full month of cloudy, rainy skies in January, we have had a week, two weeks actually, of sunshine, and it has been glorious just to be able to be outside. We've done a lot of walking and puttering in the garden, and it's just made me feel so much better to have that sunlight in the slightly warmer temperatures. We've seen lots of signs of spring out on our walks. There have been bees buzzing around witch hazel flowers in the park. And when I say bees buzzing around, I mean like two, we've seen like two bees on some witch hazel flowers. It's still cold out, Um, but exciting to see them nonetheless. This weekend, we saw a whole hill of snowdrops and a bunch of yellow crocuses coming up. We started some seeds both inside and out in the garden beds under row covers. And it might have been a little early to start seeds outside. I might have gotten a little ahead of myself, but you know what? It felt right, and they might take a little longer to sprout, but I'm okay with that. They're all plants that tolerate frost, so they'll be fine out there. They just might take a little longer to germinate. One of the seeds that we've planted that I'm really excited about is an oyster plant, which is native to Scotland. And the leaves on it are supposed to taste salty and a bit like oysters. So I'm very excited about that plant. It's also a perennial up to zone three, so it should come back year after year. If I can manage to get it to grow. That's the, it's notoriously difficult to start from seed, so keep your fingers crossed for me. (laughs) Our dwarf irises that we talked about in the last episode have started poking up their little leaves out of the ground. So... They're a really small, deep purple flower that withstands the cold really well. They're always the first flower to come up for us. We also have rosy pink hellebores getting ready to bloom, and our forget-me-nots in yarrow have sprouted leaves, but 
we won't see any blooms on them for at least another month or so. But still very exciting nature just starting to wake back up. I hope that wherever you are that you're also receiving some sunshine and seeing these very, very, very early signs that winter is on its way out and spring is heading on in. Cleaning, in my opinion, is one of the most mundane of tasks. We all have to do it to some degree just to function, right? Like laundry, dishes, the bare minimum to function in the world. I have never really liked cleaning. I love to organize things, love to organize, but I don't like to clean or pick up things. And finding a way to make it magical, to bring that magic into the everyday can be so powerful in making it feel a little bit less like a chore and more like a ritual. So first I want to talk about thinking about bringing intention into cleaning the same way you would think about doing a speller ritual. This has helped a lot for me in sort of unlearning the weird and like irrational pressure to have a clean house as a societal or social pressure thing. I just finished reading the book, How to Keep House While Drowning by Casey Davis, and I thought that was a really helpful book that discussed reframing the pressure of cleaning. I highly recommend it. And of course, there's also Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which I love. She definitely helps you think about intention when cleaning. And in terms of thinking of it as a spell, that is a great place to start. In witchcraft, we bring our awareness to something and focus on an intention that makes it more purposeful. Thinking about the intention that you have for cleaning, the reason behind it, is an important step. For me, I know that if things are out of place in my house or my counters have coffee spills on them, it makes me feel stressed out. (laughs) I feel scattered and unfocused when things are cluttered and dirty. It wreaks havoc on my very likely ADHD brain. So for me, my intention when I clean is to create a space that is more functional and calming so that I can think more clearly and so I can feel better. And also to make a safer space for my cats so that they don't step in coffee spills because they don't need any extra caffeine or extra caffeine. They don't need any caffeine at all. But having that intention also helps me focus on what is most important for me to clean. For me, it's keeping my surfaces and floors clear and clean, but I don't necessarily need to worry about dusting my lampshades regularly because for me, that doesn't really make my space any more functional or any more calming. So this is something, this cleaning intention is something that I've started a little more recently and I'm always like constantly trying to make cleaning feel more magical or more like a ritual. So that's my cleaning intention. I'm creating a calming, functional space that is cat-safe so that I can focus on being creative and doing whatever I want to do. And your cleaning intention might be different than that, but I think it's important to think about, and you can make it into a little mantra or invocation as well. Next, let's talk about scent. We've talked about scent before and how it's a powerful tool to use when setting up a magical space or doing a ritual. 
When you want to give your home a cozy vibe, you might have a specific candle that you love to light to bring that energy in. I know I always light the calming scent from Ghost Poppy, by the way. That's an amazing calming scent that I highly recommend. But I think that it's really important to think about with cleaning solutions too. For me, most commercial cleaning products have a scent that just, I just find really offensive and unpleasant and almost like it, they almost always make me sneeze. And scent is important. When I would be using these really strong, harshly scented cleaning solutions, it would give me a really unsettling feeling, put me on edge, make me sneeze a lot, which is, it's the opposite of the vibe and the feeling that I'm trying to bring when I'm cleaning with my cleaning intention. So making my own cleaning solutions where I get to pick the scent and decide what smells like clean, functional, calming scent, that has been really empowering for me. So I have a chemistry background, and in my job as a conservator, I make a lot of specialized solutions to clean very specific and delicate things. So that background, combined with my witchcraft, it was just like making my own natural cleaning products was something that just felt like an aha moment for me. Like, of course I should be doing this. So I make magical cleaning solutions that work for me and my space with the type of soiling that I see normally in my house. So they might not work perfectly for everyone out there, but they are easy to make and can be a jumping off point if you want to try to start making your own. And I've tried lots and lots of different cleaning solutions, um, homemade, and the ones I make now are my favorite. And I do switch them up every now and then too, depending on what I'm cleaning. But the solutions that I used are, are designed to be used every day and can be used on any surface in my house but they're not meant to be used for deep disinfecting or sterilizing. For that, I usually use a commercial cleaner or a homemade vinegar or high-proof vodka solution. But I also don't have to deeply sterilize things or sanitize them that often because my lifestyle doesn't really warrant doing that, having to deep clean like that. And you see a lot of DIY all-purpose cleaners made with vinegar. I don't tend to use vinegar in my regular cleaner because my husband, Josh, hates the smell of vinegar and because we have some natural stone surfaces in our house and vinegar or any acidic cleaner cannot be used on stone. They will etch the surface of the stone. So to keep it simple, we stick to a water and alcohol-based cleaner that can be used anywhere on any surface. Um, but there are lots of good recipes out there that use vinegar. So definitely look those up if you don't have the same hangups that my household does. Acidic cleaners are really good at removing soap scum. So I do have one that's used only in the shower and I just ran out of my last batch of it, but in the past I've used a pine infused vinegar, which makes it smell nice and piney. And I use a recipe that's in the book, Hands on Home by Erica Strauss. And if you're unsure of where to start or want to learn more about the chemistry of cleaning and natural cleaning, that book has some really easy to understand information. I highly recommend it. Another thing that makes making your own cleaners more fun and magical is that you can choose a nice little bottle to keep your solutions in. I really don't like the commercial cleaners where a lot of the packaging is 
loud and busy and usually kind of gross. Again, it's bringing the wrong vibe. My cleaning intention is to make my space more functional and more calm and peaceful. So that is the visual that I want from my cleaning solution. And I'll say that a lot of the natural cleaning products out there bring more of that vibe and are much more pleasing to look at and pleasant to look at. And I usually have mine just sitting out on a counter uh, because I use it so frequently. So having it look nice is a big part of the magic. But I like to just use a clear glass spray bottle. I've used plastic spray bottles before um, for a really long time, but I recently upgraded to glass and I love it. With a clear glass bottle, I can see the crystals that I put in to charge the solution and it reminds me that cleaning is a spell to help calm my mind and to make my space more functional. And I have written the recipe for my cleaners on the outside of bottles before with a permanent marker and then you can just take it off with alcohol if you change your mix or whatever, but you could also write your cleaning intention on the outside of the bottle if you really want to put that intention in there and make sure that you're thinking about it every time you clean. Now, energetic cleaning is often recommended for if you want to clear a new tarot deck or a new crystal or just clearing your space of stale energy or energy that you don't want to attach to something. And I do this much more for my space rather than, say, for my tarot decks. But if I feel like my tarot cards are off or if, say, I've charged a crystal for a specific purpose and I don't feel it's working, then the first thing I'll do is an energetic cleansing to reset and refresh the energy. And this process also makes me set an intention and it brings my awareness and my focus to what I'm trying to clear. So I find that the whole process of energetic cleansing and refreshing is, it does the same thing to me that it does to the energy of the thing that I'm trying to change, right? It changes every, all of the energy. So again, scent is a good way to reset the energy of a space with a candle or room spray or essential oil diffuser. And I like to use essential oils in my cleaning solutions too, to give them this energetic cleansing property. So anytime I'm cleaning, I'm using this scent that is energetically cleansing at the same time that I'm physically cleaning. And if you don't want to make your own cleaning products, you can always get an unscented commercial cleaner and add some essential oil scent magic to those to give them a little magical boost. Energetic cleansing with smoke is also really common using herb bundles or incense or resins. I usually like to do this with a window open so that there is somewhere for the smoke to go to take the stale energy away. Also, just opening a window is a great way to energetically cleanse your space without needing anything else, just that fresh air bringing new energy in, right? I feel like I feel like a lot of people must do this every spring. I know I do. When you open the window for the first day that it's sort of nice-ish out and you get that fresh, crisp air coming in, super cleansing for the energy of a space. But you can also run uh, tarot decks or jewelry through smoke um, or hold up in front of wind in front of your window to give it a nice energetic cleanse. And I really like mint and rosemary, um, but also lemon balm, lemongrass, common sage, and mugwort for smoke bundles. And that's because I grow all of those herbs in abundance and I always have extras on hand. So it's sort of like I just grab them to burn and they always work really well for me. But you can use pretty much any herb for smoke cleansing. 
The grocery store is actually a great place to start. You can burn a lot of the herbs that they sell at a grocery store if you don't grow any yourself. Just dry them out first. Um, and I do just want to note that you'll find white sage bundles for burning a lot. And white sage is sacred to some indigenous cultures and is part of a closed practice ceremonies. And it's also over harvested. So if you can avoid getting the white sage and use something that grows in your garden or that you can forage or that you can find at your local grocery store, that is a great alternative. Bells or chimes are another way to clear your space energetically. There are tons of handmade bells on Etsy that you can find. Um, you can also usually find them at your local witch shop. I love to use wind chimes. I also have these old metal shot glasses that are no good for drinking out of because they're always tarnished, but they make an amazing bell chime when you clink them together. So that's what they get used for now. But anything that you can find that makes a bell tone or a chime, a little clinky noise is good for energetic clearing. Natural light is also a really good way to give your space an energetic refresh. We have some fairly dark areas in our house and we have a little corner where we've hung up all these mirrors and they sort of bounce light around to get it into like different areas. So that's something you can do to get light into your space. We also use little glass crystals and those little light bouncing stickers that make little rainbows all over when the light hits them. And every morning when the sun hits those little stickers and crystals and fills the room up with little dancing rainbows, it feels nice and happy and refreshed. And my cats love to chase them too, so highly recommend those if you have cats. One last thing I have that you can use to clean or clear uh, energy with is crystals. Clear quartz is a great sort of all-purpose crystal for this. So is selenite. And you can just set the crystal on top of your tarot deck, say, or out in your space and leave it there until you feel recharged or refreshed. For my cleaning sprays that I make, I like to use amethyst. I just drop it into the bottle because I think that stone is really calming and comforting. I also really like black tourmaline for protection and boundaries. But putting a crystal like this into a cleaning solution can give it that extra energetic cleansing power, that good vibe energy to make your cleaning solution a spell. And you can add crystals to your commercial products too to give them a little magical boost. So I'll give you my recipe for the all-purpose cleaning spray that I make and use around my house. And again, this is not a disinfectant one. I do make some specialized sprays that I can use for that, but this recipe is uh, just for general all-purpose cleaning, can be used daily. The alcohol that's in it is to make it dry faster and to preserve it. If you want to make an alcohol disinfectant, it has to be at least 60% alcohol, right? COVID made that common knowledge. So that would be using almost straight Everclear or high-proof vodka. For reference, Everclear is usually 95% ethanol or 190 proof, and a high-proof vodka is usually at least 80% or 160 proof. For comparison, a normal vodka is half of that at around 40%, alcohol, which is 80 proof. So I do use a high proof vodka like Everclear. So when I mix it up in my cleaner, I still have a 30 to 40% alcohol content. 
not enough to disinfect, but enough to make it dry faster and work better. I call it my cleaning vodka and I keep it under my kitchen sink with the rest of my cleaning stuff. It's cheaper and less toxic than isopropanol and you can get it in larger quantities too. I always feel a little weird when I go to buy it because you buy it in like a handle. It's huge. And I always feel like I need to say like, hey, don't worry, I'm not drinking this. This is my cleaning vodka. But then I also kind of worry that (laughs) that makes it sound even more weird, Um, (laughs) which problems. But anyways, I'll also say a note on the water in this recipe that using distilled water can make this solution work better because it's soft water, whereas most tap water is hard water. I use tap water almost always when I make this. I just run it through a filter, like a Brita Brita filter, and that helps. And I have found that it works just fine. But if you know that you have particularly hard water in your area, you might want to try a filtered or distilled water for making this. All right, so this will fill a 12 to 16 ounce spray bottle. And like I said, I recommend a glass spray bottle. The general recipe is six ounces of water, one teaspoon of Castile soap. I like Dr. Bronner's unscented. Six ounces Everclear or high proof vodka, 80 to 95% or 160 to 190 proof. And around six drops of essential oils. And you can choose just one or multiple to power it up with your intention for cleaning. And you can probably use up to 10 drops of essential oils. I like more of a subdued scent, so six drops works great for me. And I will say I often make small alterations to this recipe. I just made an Imolk cleaning spray that I subbed three ounces of witch hazel for part of the alcohol. And I also added a lemon peel and rosemary for a natural scent. I've also added a small amount of borax to this solution before. For this recipe, I think usually like a fourth teaspoon dissolved in water before you add anything else, and that helps to soften the water so that it works a little bit better. But you can also charge your water up with moonlight to give it an intuitive luminescence boost, or with sunlight to give it a powerful, bright, cheery boost. So really, once you get used to it and how it works, you can start to customize this recipe to make it your own so that it works in your home for the type of dirt and grime that you're normally dealing with. And of course, choose whatever your favorite crystal is that will work with your intention that you can just throw into the bottle. I like, like I said, I like amethyst for its calming properties, but also tourmaline for its protection and boundaries. One small extra chemistry note on essential oils. Essential oils are great when added to cleaning products to scent them, but if you have an essential oil that says it's supposed to be antibacterial or antiviral, that is usually only in a very high concentration, and you will not be able to have that high of a concentration in your cleaning product, so you aren't going to get that effect. So your solution won't be uh, antiviral just because you used rosemary essential oil. Right, it's just like alcohol. The concentration of the essential oil matters to get that kind of power. I will say that there are some essential oils like orange essential oil that will add a kick to your cleaning products at a lower concentration that you can get in your cleaning product. Even a few drops of it can help with cleaning oily residues, but 
it can also be damaging to varnishes and paint. So just make sure to research how much you use for whatever your specific use is for it. I hope that this episode has helped you think about how you might be able to infuse the mundane task of cleaning with magic, reframing cleaning as an act of kindness to myself and as a ritual or spell that I cast in my space has certainly been a part of my Becoming Witchy journey. Welcome to the Rituals That Work segment. This week, can you guess? The ritual is to set your cleaning intention and make your cleaning products magical, whether you try the recipe I shared, or you make a different one that you look up, or you just add some crystals or essential oils to the commercial cleaners you're currently using. Think about how you can bring some magic and witchcraft into your cleaning routine and bring more magic into your everyday. Welcome to the episode draw. For this episode, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do bibliomancy. So this is divination with a book. I am choosing a book. The book is Anatomy of a Witch, A Map to the Magical Body by Laura Tempest Zakroff. I will close my eyes and flip to a random page and put my finger down on a random spot and read what it says. Maybe just one sentence, maybe a few sentences to make it make sense. And that will be our message for the week. So here we go. Once you are completely immersed, you are less concerned about the details and are mostly enjoying the moment with purpose, yet you are still keeping an eye out for jellyfish and not letting the tide sweep you out. Oh, (laughs) that was so fun. Okay, we might try more bibliomancy in the future. I hope that you all have a great week and I will see you next time on the Becoming Witchy podcast. Do you have questions on your Becoming Witchy journey or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast? Send us an email at podcast at bramblebrimstone.com. If you're interested in our newsletter, head over to our show notes where you can find the Bramble and Brimstone Instagram where you can sign up. We would love for you to join our coven community. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, please rate and review us. It helps others find the podcast and we so appreciate your support. This podcast is recorded on the stolen homelands of the indigenous Hopewell, Adena, Shawnee, Miamia, and Osage people who cared for this land before their forced removal and who continue to live here today. The information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant as a substitute for medical advice. Thank you.